0: G'day, community. Leck Dog here. Just before we jump into the podcast, today's podcast is brought to you by Supercoach Championship Rings. You can find them at www.supercoachchampion.com or look them up on Facebook, Supercoach Championship Rings. They sent us some wonderful Supercoach NBA, NFS, NFL style rings. They're, uh, look, they sent me three. They sent me. 2018, 2019, 2020, and they're bloody awesome. If you're in a competitive league, these are certainly something that you can all chip in for and give to the winner for the season. I think it's a really cool little product. I've looked at them a couple of times. I've always liked the look of them. They've sent some. They're actually really awesome. They come in a little presentable box. Really enjoy them. So anyway, that's Supercoach Championship rings. The other quick note about today's podcast, we recorded it before... Buddy Franklin got injured on Wednesday. We recorded this on Tuesday. So all the talk about Frank, from Patch about Buddy Franklin is even funnier. So that's all from my community. We'll jump into the podcast. It's good to be back. I bloody love you. Good day, community, and welcome to the Jock Reynolds podcast. I'm Lect Dog, and we're back after a tumultuous period of supercoach-less, supercoach-free living. Patch and Damo both join me from across the globe. Patch, you beautiful human, how long has your beard grown, and has it met your uh, your downstairs area yet?
1: not quite yet but by gum it is trying let dog by gum it is trying it's a little hard out um, but you know I need to kind of sweep it out of the way and pull out the keyboard and have a look at supercoach because we're back we've got five whole trades so I can fix half of the mistakes I made in my initial side and it's time to just crank out the old engine demo how many how, how are you how are you I'm good You've survived post jrel life
2: yes. I'm settling into post-JRL life and ready for the football season to go ahead.
0: Well, we're all excited. I wasn't excited, boys. I was I was not feeling it. I didn't think it was realistic that we were going to see footy again this year. I'm now very excited. I've watched Jack Martin highlights from round one a hundred times today. Um, I don't know how many times that's got up to in the offseason. But importantly, Patch... We have Supercoach news. We have Supercoach to talk about. We should say a shout-out to everyone who participated in J-REL before we continue, which was the fantasy competition we've been holding over the last couple of months. It was awesome to be part of, and uh, John Sonada took out the big prize. Congrats to him. He's a hero. We love him. Patch, it was an amazing experience. Damo, you were there for all of it as well. Uh, how good was it?
2: It was... It was just amazing the amount of people that came out to watch us commentate over a virtual game of football that we all fell in love with and pretty much stayed up some some people late at night to watch and know what scores we did because it was kind of like a Draft Stars sort, sort of format where you made a team for every game. And it was, just a, it was just an amazing turnout.
0: It was. And we love Supercoach. Unfortunately, it will never reach the heights of JREL patch. We've set the bar too high and no fantasy will ever fill that void.
1: Absolutely not. It was the dumbest thing we've ever done and hopefully the dumbest thing we ever do because I don't know how we could top that. It was brilliant. It was stupid. It was hilarious. And my God does just that game... Which is AFL evolution. It's just a, a work of art. But anyway, we are here to chat about Supercoach, the massive news that came out during the week. We've all got five trades to use before round two. Um, Let dog. Do you want to take us through the ins and outs of what those five trades mean? Um, do you have to use them? Should you? Well, we'll get on to should you use them. But do you have to use them? Do they count as part of your your overall thirty? Just give us the 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 rundown of what these trades mean for us.
0: Yeah, so round one is effectively acting as a proxy for having no buys throughout the season. The three extra well, the three extra trades that you get during buys, that's one extra trade per round during the normal buys on a normal supercoach season are being applied to round two to make up for any returning from injuries, any rookies that might not be around. And yes, Patch, they come out of your total thirty. Should you use them? We'll discuss. Can you use them? Yes. Also, you should probably be using them. (laughs) uh, If you're looking at your team like I have, reasonably happy with the structure in general, the rookies, I've got some real question marks over, and I don't think a lot of them are going to be there for round two. So I imagine most users will use it. Now, the other things to take into consideration, community. Price, as we know, going into the start of this season, the prices will change after a player plays their second game, with continuing a three-round rolling average to work out their break-even. Basically, your last three scores dictate, at plus your price, its maths dictate what score you have to get to increase in price uh, the next round. So, that continues with the first score in quotation marks, and stop me if I'm not being clear. The first score each player was has been awarded this year was the score they were priced to average, then their round one score, and now we go into them playing their second game for their third score, and then it's normal from then on in. So, lots of ramifications for round two, primarily being you've got five trades to fix your damn teams. I know we're probably going to need them. Demo, you're an expert at this sort of stuff, so you're probably okay.
2: Uh, well, I'm not sure if I'm going to use all five of my trades. I know I'm going to use at least three on rookie corrections. Um... But obviously, I've got to wait until teams are actually announced before I ditch rookies that just didn't satisfy me. Um, like Tom Green from GWS. Who knows if he keeps his spot? Because his 41 that he scored after costing one hundred and sixty-six grand was not great. But if he stays in the side and none of my other rookies do, then I have to keep him, don't I?
0: Well, that's it. And I really think... I think maybe we could potentially break it down position by position, Patch. But the rookie... The dearth of rookies, which we already had at the start of the year, when you're looking at a 17-game season with uh, more impetus on wins in each game and probably more opportunity for clubs who feel like they're in the mix to uh, win a win a lucrative flag. I think rookies are on the back burner for a lot of these teams. I don't think development's going to be the main focus. And, Patch, that leaves us with a lot of potential holds in our super coach team. Just going through your team, Patch... Is there anyone that stands out to you who think geez they're probably not going to be there for me in round 2
1: um well where would you like me to start I think yeah your your point about (laughs) your point about (laughs) clubs just dropping rookies like flies uh is very relevant every single club will be like oh hey we could have a ping at this flag so even the Suns who are just like oh they'll you know they'll play Matt Rowe but they might look at Connor Buderick and and go yeah no we're we're having a crack at this and maybe in in four or five weeks some of these clubs will realize no they're no hope they've lost three of their first four or four of their first five and they I decided to toss this season to the Wolves and say, No, it's an asterisk premiership, no one cares, and then they play out the rookies for the rest of the year. Maybe that happens, but until then we are in trouble looking at the back line um, Brandon Zerk Thatcher will not play round two because it sounds like, well, Calhook is definitely back. Patrick Ambrose is likely to be back. Can't see him fitting in there. Isaac Cumming, does he still play in that position? We don't know. The Giants don't know. We'll never know. Dylan Robin will play. Scored 26 was garbage. Hopefully he's less garbage. We'll discuss him, no doubt, when we talk about who needs to be traded out and whatnot. Uh, Starkovich scored stuff all, did stuff all. We'll probably play stuff all games from here on out. Jared Brander. We we don't know how the 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 West Coast structure works. We don't know. Does he play? Does he not play? We don't know. Does Stephen Hill come? Does Stephen Hill come back? May maybe. May may. How does he stay around for long? Damo, Are we? Hmm. Hmm. Hmm.
2: Well, if you want to listen to what uh, Mark Duffield of the West Australian said today, only if it's in good the, news. <laughs> the uh, the Dockers have him in in their plans for round two. Um, but who knows what his calf has planned, because by round three, he might be back on the sidelines.
1: Ha! Just what I want to hear. Does John Noble play? Probably. I hope so. Please, God, let him play. Otherwise, we have no one else. And that's just the backline. Would you like me to move on?
0: No, I'm very worried about the backline, and I just want to drop my two cents in here, Patch. You look at the potential cheapies that might return to their respective sides, because you're worried about your Zerk Thatches. Robert's probably going to play. You probably don't want him in your team. He sputtered it up around one. Let's say, worst case scenario, all of our rookies get dropped. The ones that might come back in, you've got, like, Tom Williamson at Carlton. You've got, as Damo said pre-podcast, Rory Thompson, 200K from Gold Coast, my boy. And that's, like, it. That's basically oh it.
1: Yeah, Will Gould's not going to get a run. You'd think he'd be very, very long odds. Um, the line's stuffed, and that's just getting started. Just getting started. Um, Damo mentioned Tom Green, Connor Buterick as well. Um, Tyler Brown, you know, he played well, but and the Pies like him, but that's a contested midfield to be in. Does Harley Bennell play? Does he pop a calf? Who, who knows? Who knows? Like, it's you can't
0: just... go early on someone like Harley Bennell, can you? Damo? Uh,
2: given his history, I would only wait until he's played at least one game now before his price rise. Um, just quickly on Brandon Stasevich, Brisbane went in with a pretty small injury list. So they went in with pretty much what they considered to be their best side um, and they lost. So they might make changes on that front. But I don't think Starsevich, um is... Definitely out of the round two side because i because I who knows what sort of changes they will make, and Devin Robertson was the late in on game day,
0: yes, and he is in my midfield, and he's one that I'm slightly worried about. There's plenty of midfield depth up at up at Brisbane now, so he's probably one that I'd watch out for in the midfield, but just one last thought. We can continue talking rookies and cheapos and where how we're we going to get cash generation. I think it's vital patch that we generate cash with these five trades. But there's opportunities to do that in defense by picking up a Jeremy Howe, who's one of the most traded-in players already, and a Sam Doherty, who did what Sam Doherty should do, and that's score 117 around one. Those guys are going to jump in price uh, because of the well very good scores and also the new quick price changes uh, so there's opportunity to still get some value players even if it but it might mean sacrificing somewhere else in the ruck line in the forward line in the midfield maybe um, we'll talk about that soon but i just want to say it's all it's not all despair in the back line it just is despair in the cheap part of the back line but we can bulk that up with
1: some value picks it is mostly despair in the back line Mostly despair. It's
0: mostly despair. I'm trying to be positive. We're back. I'm trying to be positive. <laughs>
1: uh, well, yeah, Let's. we'll talk about sort of we've mentioned how much trouble those rookies will be, but in terms of sort of you've got your five trades, which is a large number of trades, hard to project, you know, so far out from teams being named. We're still 16 days to go before round two, before footy is back. But, let you know, do you focus on getting those rookies right or do you correct some of the terrible, terrible decisions you made drunk to half an hour before lockout on that Thursday in March. Like what, what, Dame, I'll go to you because, yeah, what, what do you think that that priority should be for those use of trades? Are we talking in general or for me myself? It, in, in general, but also for you yourself, I guess.
2: Okay, well, we'll start with me. I... Stayed away from Dylan Robertson and Dan Houston for so so long, and then t- round one teams were released and there were like no defensive rookies, so I had to free up cash somewhere to get one of the more expensive people, one of the more expensive guys in, like Dylan Robertson. So I ended up with Dylan Robertson and Dan Houston, and I hated my team for it, and I hated even more that they scored about a hundred and three points be- between them. So I want to get rid of them. Do I get rid of them? I don't know because Dan Houston will probably play and he is still going to make money based on what he scored believe it or not only he's only like a couple points above his break even but he's still going to make money
1: also apparently that... been playing with the back line like we'll get into the specifics later but it's panic everywhere it's panic bloody everywhere like yeah do, do you feel like you should try and get them out and go to more of guns and rookies should you trade out more under for more wing players and try and aim for like a, a jack viney or jeremy howe or are you do you reckon no you do like three trades, you correct your rookies and then you you stash them for the rest of the season or you, you try, and, try and keep your starting squad as much as possible.
2: I think don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, try and remember the reason you picked your team all those months ago because you did it for a reason. The only thing that I would really change is if you noticed in round one, if you're going to get rid of someone in your forward line you might want to go after maybe like a Ruckman like John Segler because he's constantly in the midfield. Um, he was pretty good in round one, monstered Stefan Martin somehow. And and he's going to make some good money and be in the team as as because he's, Alistair Clarkson's now preferred number one Ruckman. But then you might look at someone like a luke ryan who scored 53 it's older the shorter games mean the impact players are more rewarded for the work that they do and the accumulators and the interceptors aren't rewarded as much because they don't have that big of an impact on a game like they usually did in the longer format of the quarters um so you've really got to look at both sides of the coin and bit and just sort of React accordingly the best you can because the shorter quarters obviously reward different sorts of players, but we still don't know what that pattern is yet because it's because obviously this is a um like a duct taped together sort of season.
1: Yeah, Lake-Dog-tos, Um, yeah, a lot of people have been trading out. Um, you know, Josh Dunkley trading out, Max Scorn, players that are sort of like you know the players on the edge. It's sort of iffy, but the the dead set primos. Are you you in favour of trading them out, or what do you what do you say to people who are who are flicking Josh Dunkley off into a corner and trading in, you know Jack Viney for him?
0: Yeah, look, Jack Viney had a big preseason; he had a huge round one. I don't expect him to continue that momentum. He's going to jump in price. Let me just pull up his break even's negative nineteen, so he's going to jump in price. But is he someone? Are you really planning to use? Two trades or Jack Fighty alone, one to bring him in, one to get him get rid of him. I don't think so. And I don't think he's a keeper, despite having a very good round one. I'm not trading any of my premium midfielders unless I went in with excess. If I went in with six, I could happily drop one down and uh and and patch up my forward or back line depending on how the teams. But the Gorn one's interesting patch. The Gorn one
1: is very interesting explain, explain why. I
0: went into the season saying I refuse to pick him. I'm not picking him. I'm picking, uh, Sam Naismith. Sam Naismith comfortably outscored Max Gorn in round one and I was regretting life and I hated everything and Max Gorn's break even is going to be huge and he's going to drop in price. But I look at my team in the cold light of day on the on the eve of, well not the eve, but the eve of round two and it's Max Gorn. And he's healthy, and he's had two months to get healthier. I, I had hesitations about him at the start of the year when he was injured. He's no longer injured, and he's got a cool new haircut. So, trading out Max Gorn, if you, what, are you going to trade him out down to Sam Naismith? Are you going to trade him down to Mark Pitney? Are you going to bring in Sam Jacobs? I just don't think that's a good option. None of those guys are going to score as much as Max Gorn that does this year. And sure, it'll give you 400k to upgrade a, a rookie to a, def, a primo defender or whatever, but really... Are you not going to go in with Max Gorn? I don't understand why Max Gorn's one of the most traded out players. You've got to work around the edges of your team. You've got to get rid of a Darcy McPherson if you've got him. You've got to get rid of like a a failed mid-price a potential breakout. Or Not failed. They've only played one game. But I'm not taking out the guaranteed primos that are going to dominate for the next 16 rounds. Are
1: you insinuating that Brayshaw hasn't yet failed?
0: Well, no, he failed. He failed upon selection. <laughs> Demo is Brayshaw break your team still an option? Okay,
1: so let me break it down for you.
2: Marsh game two, a West Coast player stood on his foot and he had to go for surgery after the game. So he essentially played with under underdone in round one. This wasn't revealed until after we were locked until after the game started by the broadcast on, uh, Perth radio. So no one over East would have heard it. No one in any other part of the country would have, would have heard it because I don't know why. And, but he still went at 1.1 points per minute. The only negative was he went at 60% time on ground. So if he can raise that time on ground, he's still a good option, but, and I'm controversial. I don't think, Blame people for trading him out because we're looking for money generation early. And his round one score, even though he scored the amount that he was priced at, um, even th- so, yeah, we're looking at uh, money generation in the next round. And Andrew Brayshaw to Brett Buley has been a popular move.
0: You love your man, Brett Buley, and at 250 odd K, I look. I don't actually hate that trade because that's one of the guys around the edges. You're not trading Max Gorn down to Brett Buley. You're not trading Dunkley, who you put uh, months and months of research into, down to Brett Buley. Uh, but I think those guys around the edges, I think you can just go, hey, it didn't work. Hey, Darcy were first, it didn't work. I'm speaking very specifically about myself there because <laughs> uh, that hurt my soul. But what are you going to do? Cry. Patch. There are plenty of players, though. We're being very negative. We're talking about who we're going to trade out. There's plenty of ways, even without trading out our 700k players. There's plenty of ways to make cash. Jeremy Howe. I think it's easier to be a top ten defender than it is to be a top ten midfielder. That's why when I talk about Jeremy Howe and Sam Doherty, I prefer them to an option like a Jack Viney. Is there any other mid-priced players? Chad Wingard mm, had a very good round one
1: that you would consider. No, I mean not that particular player. Um, he, he, who must not be named, um, because don't at me about about Chadley Wingard. Um, he could be the last player left on this planet, and I would not pick him. Um, but there are players that you you could well consider. Um, Segler, as Damer pointed out, is a very good one as a forward. Um, and then you've got, like, Ben Long. There's a an injury mark next to him on Supercoach Gold. I'm not quite sure what that's about. Um, we haven't quite found out. But if he's if he's back, if he's named, he scored 118 in round one, priced at 280K. Um, could be a, a very, very nice one. Won't average, you know, 118. Will average 75, 80. But at that price, you would be jumping on it. Uh, Connor Rosie has been a very popular bring in at 425-odd-K after that 125, 422 after that, that 125 in round one, um, there are a few mid-prices around there, but then also we were kind of at a danger of falling into the trap of, you know, th- those corrective trades that we, we tend to make in round two, where you jump on someone who scored very, very well in, you know, in the first two rounds and then they completely flop for, you know, we've got even less data, even less knowledge about why these players have scored well, like Ben Cunnington scoring 185. that probably won't happen again we don't know that for certain but there's it's so hard to just extrapolate data and to make forward projections based on what players are doing what that what this one score actually means um you know the people that are trading you know gone down to down to jacobs or down to to naismith as you said you know they're doing it based on on one weeks of data we've got it's, it's there's so many unknowns and it's a risk if you're willing to take that risk then sure but yeah, I don't know. I'd forgotten what the question was. What did you ask me let Dog?
0: It was so long ago I honestly couldn't tell you there's so a lot of people have been looking for value looking for cash generation. I'm still focusing on looking for points myself when making trades and that brings a bit to my my next point, which is I might actually go the other way. I might go, hey, I didn't want to select Tom Mitchell. In round one, because I didn't think he'd be fit. I didn't think he'd have a, a, a decent run at it. He's had two months more recovery time from that leg injury on top of uh, already an, an injury-free preseason. Maybe i find a way to get a guy like Tom Mitchell into my team. Maybe i go the other way. Maybe i go points chasing rather than cash chasing. And just sort of hope it works out. Is that a tactic that I can employ, Damo?
2: Oh, look. I think in the shorter season, it'll all be about points and getting as much points on your field as possible. But obviously, you can't do that if you don't have the money to upgrade your rookies, who, as we've discussed, the job security is not great. So, do you go for points and risk a chance that you might have to play with a zero later down the track because a rookie that you haven't moved on is is, is no longer playing? Or do you correct your rookies and just stick with the primos that you've got? I guess that's the question people have to ask themselves, is... If I hold on to this rookie, how long before it becomes a zero on my field?
0: Yeah, it's. I guess it depends what your goal is. So if I'm playing league and I'm looking at the rules, I'm like, right, so we're still playing finals. I've only got a few, like really, I've got half a season worth of games to try and sneak into the finals and beat my mates. I'm looking at my team, I'm going, who can I upgrade to get points? Can I sacrifice, sacrifice a Gorn? For, to maximize my points by upgrading in the midfield, getting these guys that maybe I didn't look at in the preseason. They've had time to heal. They've had time to recover. Um, if I'm playing for, for league, I'm capitalizing on points, trying to get as many wins as early as I can and hoping that, like normal, the rookies kind of work themselves out. But if I'm playing for overall rank, I think cash generation is still key. But having said that, I refuse to trade a Max Gorn or a Brody Grundy or a Patrick Dangerfield to do that because I just think it's counterintuitive um,
1: while we're kind of you know we've kind of touched on some of those uh, mid-price players up in the forward line you know getting you know your ratios your, your McPherson's the, the ones that you know we've only had the one glance at them but they, they haven't quite worked um, is there Instead of trading, you know, there are a bunch that did do well. You've got your Rosies, you've got your Devon Smiths, you've got your petrakas Can I just throw one left field? Um, basically just trying to convince anyone I can to not pick Chad Wingard. Um, Lance Franklin. I'm not, I'm not
2: going to lie. I have looked at it, but I don't think I can do it. I just don't think I can do it. I want to see him play first.
0: He's... I mean, you can. You can. You just means you won't be using your extra trades to do so. You might be using a valuable downgrade trade to do so. But my issue with Lance Franklin, amongst the many <laughs> issues I have with considering him as a selection, uh, is that he's not actually that cheap. He's still 394 grand. Like, he's not that cheap. Um, does the shortened game time help his ability to kick? goals or does he need more time to kick goals? Because guess what? Marks and goals are how he's getting you any points. I read an article that said he was going to kick 60 goals this season and be the next thousand goal kicker or whatever the hell that was. Nonsense. He's not going to kick 60 goals. He might play five games if we're lucky. I think it's an awful selection and I hate you, Patch.
1: (laughs) I love you too, Dog. Yes, Damo. Patch.
2: Patch, I, I see your buddy Franklin and I raise you a Jai Simpkin, who scored 131 in round one, which made him the second highest scorer for the fo- in the forward line. Is he an option?
1: I love that. I looked at him in the middle of last year. He had two tons in a row, was moving into the midfield. I was... Didn't quite suit the team. I wasn't quite bold enough to make the loop, but I I seriously considered Jai Simpkin last season. And I would be more than willing to do that again this year, especially considering the way everything's unfolding. The way It's just all all bonkers, all a bit crazy. Um, And to be honest with you, especially if you're going for league this year, if you're going for ranking, maybe it gets a bit more dicey. But we've got 30 trades over what's now a 16-round season. And, you know, I know you can blow through five of them to start with um, this round, but we've got so much scope and more scope than we've ever had before to make these mistakes, where well, you can go, you know, bring in Lance Franklin, he scores 36, does his calf, and then, you know, you train him back out next week. Sure, it puts you behind the eight ball, but, you know, he comes in and does what? Jeremy Howe did and scores 156. You're so far in front of everyone else, it it'll backfire more because of you know, just the short nature of the season. If you don't start in front, it's harder to catch up because there's less time to catch up in. But I'm, you know, it's a a risky strategy, could absolutely destroy your season, already arguably has destroyed my season. But I think there's more scope to bring in these Jai Simpkins, these Lance Franklins, to just go absolutely nuts. And, you know, wouldn't be trading out your Max Gorns, wouldn't be doing anything too radical to those premiums. But um, you know, to try and hunt for for those rising things that are going to jump in price and be cash generators, instead of you know rookies that might not turn up, uh, you, you got to yo before you can low let dog. You've got to yo before you can low. He's
0: eighty. He's eighty years old. <laughs> He played 10 games last year, and I wouldn't even say he played in all of them. He he appeared in 10 games uh, last year.
1: You've got to yo before you can lo- well while, while we are talking about Franklin, Isaac Heaney scored 150 in round one. Franklin up forward.
0: Thank you for convincing me to take him out you of the table. You're welcome.
1: Franklin, now that he's back, will push Heaney into the midfield. That was the reason I didn't start him because I thought Heaney would be playing up forward. He's played up, scored, scored 150, will be pushed into the midfield now that Franklin's back. I had that. Do we do we pick him now that he's in a lucrative role? But we'll score less than what he did in the less lucrative role in round one. Is that? Yeah, he's good. He's good at football. Yeah, that, that's convinced me. That that's nice and easy.
0: I don't know who you're going to trade out for him, but you know, yeah,
1: oh, there is plenty of trash in my side to trade out. Like dog, there is no doubt about that.
0: I just wanted to give a shout out to Bryce Mitchell on Twitter, the, the fixture genius first super coach of all of all types. Uh, he's done the analysis of the first five rounds or the remaining four rounds because um, that's the only part of the fixture we know on who are good loophole options. Adelaide and Melbourne are the best for non-player loophole options through to the end of round five and Zeri Combin, North Melbourne and Gold Coast Conroy are both still pretty good options. So if you've got one of those two, which I think most teams do have, uh, you've got a pretty good VC option. Grundy is still the standout vice-captaincy option because Collingwood have um, Thursday, Saturday, and then two Friday games in the next four rounds. So he's going to be the one you VC every game and maybe a Dustin Martin as well, Richmond with a couple Thursdays as well. So... Thank you, Bryce Mitchell. We love you and everything you do for all of
1: us. He is truly the best of us. Truly the best of us. Um, Damo, we'll, we'll just sort of look to, to wrap up unless there's anything else we wanted to, to jump into. Is there like one particular trade or one piece of advice you want to just throw out and just just let everyone know about or or just like one the final thoughts on, on Supercoach coming back? Look, if there's one
2: thing I want to tell people, it's... I don't blame you for trading out Andrew Brayshaw, <laughs> if you do it. But just stick with the idea that he could break out because I seriously think it's a thing that can happen. But obviously with the shorter quarters, we might have to wait until next year. I'm admitting that right now.
1: Already backtracking on the bet. Already backtracking on the bet. Dog, what's your, what's your, just, if you had to take one thing away from this podcast, what would you want people to take away from it?
0: Hey, suck it up. You might have to keep Dylan Robertson in your team.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's not, it's not going to be pretty, no matter how we look at it. If, if all of these players disappear and we just don't have any, any saving grace, it's going to be ugly, but that's, that's the that's the name of the game. That is the name of the game. Massive shout out to Teller Beats as always um, for the wonderful intro and outro to the podcast. Um, should we wrap it up?
0: It's been a pleasure talking to you again, boys. And I'm already feeling the anxiety of trying to work out my trades.
2: I just want my team to get started in round two, so I can stop looking at it and making changes and crying intermittently. I need more than five
1: trades. Help. Love you community. <laughs> <sighs> uh love you community.